Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Mindful You podcast. And today we have a guest, definitely a healer, who has spent 18 years practicing chiropractic work, healing work, physical bodies, and her journey she shares with us her experiences, the ups, the downs, which led her down the path, the journey into mindfulness. And she even wrote a wonderful book called My Journey to Grace. And in our conversations today, she touched on many wonderful golden nuggets and so I'm excited to be able to have her share with you some of the clear wisdom of the ancients, of the sages of India and Buddhism. Very, very clear. So I'm, I'm excited to have you uh, be with us today and listen to us as we journey together down the path of mindfulness with Dr. Lynn Carey. Thank you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Lynn. Welcome to the Mindful You podcast. How are you today? I'm great, Alan. How are you today? Thanks for having me. Well, it's uh, it's exciting to have people like yourself who I would say are on the healing path uh, because mind, Mindful You is really about using the techniques and, and uh, areas in mindfulness in order to I'll call it heal, calm, relax the energy so you can become present in the moment. And you have your story, you have your background, you have your journey. So I'd like you to just uh, open it up by sharing a little bit of your background to create a, a context so my audience can understand Dr. Lynn Carey. So I guess my whole life I questioned that there had to be more to life than what I was being shown. And when I was 14, I was diagnosed with scoliosis, which is curvature of the spine. And later on, I found out that, you know, my spine was in an S-shaped. I was being pulled in two directions. And that's exactly the emotional component behind scoliosis. You feel like you're pulled in two directions. And I had an inner knowing that there had to be something more to life. But yet my family and teachers, religion were telling me this is the way it is. So I think there was always an internal conflict there. And it manifested as this crooked spine. And I ended up having uh, spinal surgery when I was 15, um, where they put Harrington rods in my spine. And I never had symptoms before. But afterwards, I was left sick and in pain for years. And they always said the surgery was a success. They never connected it to the surgery. So I just, you know, and every time I would go to the medical doctor for some current symptom, they really didn't have an answer for me. I always say, why do I keep getting sick? It was always just another antibiotic, another painkiller. And so I just kind of gave up thinking that I'm just going to be living like this. 
and I was in college trying to find myself and yep. someone told me to look into the chiropractic profession and I read the pamphlet and it said the power that made the body heals the body. And just the whole say that, say, say that again. That, that sounds like one of those golden nuggets that you don't want to go by slow. You want to go slow with that one. Just go ahead, Lynn, say that one again. Yeah, it said the power that made the body heals the body. So you're saying that there's a power within the body that people, if they can access, can be used to heal, heal the body. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. Okay, great. And it really resonated at the time. I believe it was the first time I heard truth. And I didn't know that at the time. I was 19 years old, but I was always searching for something. And that really resonated deep, so deep that I just went to chiropractic school on the philosophy. I never even got adjusted. And so when I went there, <laughs> I just went. And so so you, went, went you, went, and you went to chiropractic school and chose chiropractic and never had an adjustment. Never had an adjustment. Boy, I tell you, that's that's a strong belief. <laughs> and I went, ignorance is bliss, you know, but I went and it began the journey of a lifetime and it changed my life. Oh, that's great. And so you've been practicing chiropractic uh, techniques uh, for the last how many years? So I had my own practice for 18 years and then I retired my practice seven years ago. Because I wanted to move from my hometown, that's where I practiced, and just be, I really wanted to work with people who wanted to improve their life, because I saw the connection of, you know, I could adjust you all day long, but if you're not doing the work on yourself, the inner work, you'll never have true well-being, so. Well, so we have things that an external resource like a chiropractor can do to adjust the body and regulate energy flows. So there's that aspect of healing. And now you're saying that you did that for 10 years and decided to focus more on, is there some internal self-exploration that can be done to also heal the the physical, mental, and emotional bodies. And that's what you've been on for the last seven or eight years? Yep. Okay. So I, I really noticed, even for myself, I always do the work on myself. And I know it's when I lost the fear that I really had a shift in my health and my well-being. And I started to come out of my symptoms. And it was a few years, you know, of getting adjusted. It wasn't a quick fix. The body work helped me reintegrate into my body, but I was also learning and expanding my mind on how the body actually heals. And I was working on creating my desired life, you know, and I always, when I listen to people come in my office, I realize that the mental stress and emotional stress that they were carrying was contributing to the stress coming out in their body, whether it was pain, recurring symptoms, chronic symptoms that wouldn't clear up. You know, some symptoms, most symptoms are just your body's way of rebalancing itself. But when you stick, get stuck in like a chronic state of disease, there's usually more going on. And I noticed it's just people didn't have enough time, didn't have enough money. They weren't really living purposefully. They were in the rat race of life is what I called it. And even if they wanted to choose how to take care of their health, a lot of times, they couldn't afford it. They only did what their insurance said. You know, they couldn't afford alternative care, organic products, or even just taking time off. So I, I saw all this as, this is really crazy how, how we're so set up with this kind of lifestyle. And I saw how important it was to really address all these areas to really make 
true change. Okay, let's go down that path. You you have uh, done your research. You have done uh, exploration in the area. You have a variety of tools that you've heard about, and you then can take tools and start to try out tools, see which works, see which doesn't work, all with the intention of of, of healing and you know becoming more present in the moment so those crazy thoughts stop influencing physical changes in your body so what are some of the the to take us down the path now of of the of the inner journey now the things that you're doing to support people what is what is your gift that you bring to the table now well i have my book that just shares my stories because I always say we learn from each other's stories. If I can do it, you can do it. It empower we, you know, we empower each other by seeing how we overcome obstacles. I believe that. And I have a healthy habits coaching program. I also have, if people want to create another stream of income to become financially free, I have that uh, business mentorship option too. But the, the best place to start is the mindfulness though, because a lot of people, aren't quite sure where they need to start or what they want in life. So I always say, ask yourself, you know, are you living your desired life? And if not, you know, write down things that need, that you want to change in your life, write down things that are working in your life. The best place to start is really journaling and just becoming aware of where you are presently and what you want to change. And sometimes I think a lot of people do know what they want, but they don't, want to acknowledge it because they don't think it's possible. So I always think it's so important to write those ideas down because it opens you up to receiving guidance and messages. Might not be today, but it's like baby steps. One thing at a time will start to manifest for yourself to make those changes. But it is mindfulness and awareness of where you are in the present moment and where your thoughts are and how you're feeling. And I think journaling is a powerful tool to get clear on all those little things. So writing down a, a, a journal, it's, you know, I have a, have a journal with me and I write down sort of daily things in my journal, sort of almost like a, a way of keeping track of the, the flow, I guess I would call it. Um, and so journaling creates, a, a, you can write down goals in your journal um, and that begins to attract the, that particular manifestation, is that what you're saying? Yes, that's one way. And even if you don't have a goal, if you're not sure what you are looking for, I think a great place to start is writing down what you're grateful for, like a gratitude list mm. or even things that make you joyful or inspire you throughout the day. Little things, just feeling the sun on your face, you know, just having maybe a moment to take a walk outside. Things like that, because it opens you up to receiving more of those positive things. A lot of times we get stuck on, I have to fix this, this, and this, you know, or all our problems, right, that start manifesting. Instead of focusing on that, we can focus on what's right, and then you start attracting more of what's right in your life. I totally agree. I think that the uh, one one teacher was telling me, before you go to bed at night, you got a choice. You know, do you want to watch that that TV show of the crime and the violence and all that stuff going on and then go to bed with those thoughts? Or do you want to get your journal 
and write down the things that you have gratitude and grateful for. And so you go to bed with gratitude and grateful in your mind. And I thought that was pretty slick. And, and I agree that most people uh, complain a lot about the way it is. Uh, like these things shouldn't be. No, this shouldn't be. This shouldn't be. I like that. No, I don't like that. Shouldn't be. So there's a lot of shouldn't be's um, in in the in the movie of life, uh, and 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 they complain about the, sh- the the things, and they sort of don't focus or spending the time to focus on the gratitude part. Uh, and right. the, and the gratitude part is appreciation for the gifts that you're just not seeing. And when you begin to focus on the gifts that you're not seeing, uh, you begin to see the gifts and then appreciate the gifts and allows, for for me, it allows me to be more relaxed in the moment rather than upset, upset in the moment. And I, and I believe, and I bet the doctor part of your, your brand would talk about the thoughts that you think have has a lot to do with your physical body. So I'd like to jump I, into I that, so that thoughts to take us, take us through the power of thought and the influence it has on the physical body. Yeah. So if you just recognize or that there is an inner wisdom that runs your body, I mean, we're all energy. So you think about, I would adjust the body, adjust the spine so that the energy flows better. But I always say to people, how are you, flowing your energy, get in tune with how you're flowing your energy. Because if you're not dealing with the emotional mental thoughts that are making you contract throughout the day, you hold yourself tight, then eventually it's going to come out as disease in the body. It could be pain. It could be another symptom. Let's go real slow with that one. Boy, that's, that is a real, 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 real important. What what you just said. Uh, And so just say it 20 times. So it's just, uh, the, the, the power of your thought to change your physical body. Some people think, well, what are you talking about? It's just, it's just a thought, you know, you, you got to do push-ups, you know. There's the, talk about the power of the mind. Yeah, I mean, if you notice the mental state that you're in and then connect that to how your body feels, you can feel if there's tension or ease right away. That's everything. So so if if you're if you're on a train of thought, uh, and you wake up and realize that you're on a train of thought, and then you immediately look at your body. You're saying that you'll 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 notice that there's a tension, a physical tension in your body, which causes constriction. Is that what we're talking about? That's exactly right. Okay, so talk about the the the, the challenges of bodies that are constricted. Yeah, well, if you can, if you keep your body in a period of constriction for a long period of time, over time, eventually you create stress on the body, disease, it could be disease, chronic symptoms, whatever it manifests into. But, you know, there's emotional components to every body, bodily symptom. Um, So it's just becoming aware before you get to that place. I mean, I always say that disease is a wake up call to somebody to make a change in their life. You know, it gets to that point where they had small whispers before until it got to the point where of no return. So it's really becoming aware of how you're carrying the energy in your body because that's your immune system. It's how you're flowing your energy. So you're either flowing it or you're not flowing it. 
And you can totally start to correlate it to the thoughts and feelings that you're carrying on with inside, inside of you. How do you deal with, um, I'm right, and I, I can get my anger, and I'm right, and you're wrong, and that's the way it is. I don't give a damn about this, this, this healthy stuff. I just want, there's people who, who, who have anger and upset uh, and can't let it go uh, because somehow I, even though I, it's, it, it causes constriction, I can't let it go. Why, can't, why people can't let it go? Because they've been carrying it around for a long time and they have to get a new perspective on it. I, I went through this. Um, I found the Sedona method by Hal Dwoskin. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's a book. We'll write write it down so my audience knows. So the Sedona, which is one of the most spiritual capitals of the of of the world, (laughs) the Sedona method. All right. Yeah, it's a book. I actually bought the course and I did it for about six months. And it just basically asks you questions, simple questions like, can you allow yourself to feel this right now? This feeling that you're feeling. Can you allow to let it go right now? If so yes or no. If not, why not? You know, those kind of things. You just sit with the feeling and ask yourself questions. It's really a powerful, it's very simple, very powerful though, because it helps you process all those low vibratory emotions that are important in life. The problem is we've just gotten stuck there. It's not that you won't ever feel anger again, but now you're going to know how to be with it, honor it and release it. And that's the important part. It's not that they're wrong. It's just that you have to know what it's telling you. And that's, you know, people need to know how to better handle relationships, better better handle things in their life, you know, and it, it kind of just unravels a lot of things. That's why a lot of people don't want to deal with those things in their life. So it's easier to, ha- to be labeled with the disease because now society accepts that more so than dealing with the problems in the relationship or the problems with the job, you know, but it's all interconnected. So you start peeling back the layer, it's going to open up. It's going to lead you to the to the root eventually. But it, I think the first step is just not being afraid to feel those emotions and knowing how to release them and also how to get a different perspective on every situation that where you feel like you're stuck in that emotion. So to, to become aware of what's happening inside your body would mean that you have to take your attention and put it on your body. And uh, my observation is that most people don't put much attention on their body. I put my attention on my thoughts that my that I'm thinking about what I need to do. Body's just a vehicle that takes me around. So, I, it, it, so I, I is there going to be a shift from paying attention to my thoughts to paying attention to my body? Is that part of the process you, that you've noticed? Yeah, I mean, I think mind-body is one. I don't even think it's separate. So if you break out into a sore throat, you're going to know why. Are you speaking your truth? You know, for me, I used to have chronic strep throat when I was in that period of those five years where nobody was helping me. Chronic, and I didn't think I could get rid of it without an antibiotic. Now, if I get a scratchy throat, it clears up usually in 24 hours or less. And it's usually because I can tell. I'm in a situation where I don't feel like I'm being heard or I'm not speaking my truth. So, you know, little things like that, you can see what your body's trying to do and you can honor the symptoms. 
You know, maybe you just need to rest and stop. That's why you feel so crappy. You know, it's your body's perfect. It, it's expressing what it needs to. It's rebalancing itself. It's always making, it's always healing itself. Are you in the way, basically? So it's kind of getting into that, um, understanding that dynamic and that flow. So when you say, are, are you in the way, what comes up to my mind are my thoughts in the way of connecting. That's not going to work. It's not going to, I don't believe that. What does she know about that? There's all these thoughts that are in the way that block me from, and what, so what, how do you get, how do you navigate through all the thoughts? I guess it's just, that's another great thing to journal is the thoughts that you're thinking. So then you can maybe see, is it really true for you? You know, is that thought true? And maybe could I have another perspective on this thought? Can I, could I look at it from another viewpoint? You know, or is this a belief that I'm carrying and where did I get it from? Is it necessary? Is it really true for me? Sometimes we inherit all this stuff and maybe we evolve out of it and we don't no, no longer need it. So you know, that's the personal development side. You know, you start working on your beliefs and thoughts and that's creating your reality. So do you really, is this really serving me? This thought, this belief, is it serving me? And what can I do to change it or shift it? So thoughts are like building blocks. You're, you're constructing a, a, a temple or a pyramid of your, of your, of your reality. And you're putting these blocks in and you can choose at one point, which kind of block you want to put in, a block of hatred or a block of love, I, I can begin to choose to what kind of a pyramid that I want to build if I'm aware. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I love the building block scenario. That's a great scenario. I think that's a, a perfect example. Um, and it's really, you know, you're going to have passing thoughts throughout the day, but it's usually the ones that are very emotionally charged. that are the ones that are, are the most potent or the deepest or the ones that are really creating your reality. So I think the thought with the emotion behind it is the really powerful connection. And the thought and the emotion and the depth of the root, uh, it's connected with, with your identity. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, and so if, if I have a strong, for example, if I have a strong root of a god, uh, religion. You mentioned religion, how you were raised, what what garden of religion you were raised. And some people are, are I've noticed, are very strongly identified with this is the way and this has to be the way. And if you don't go this way, you're going to go to hell. And some people are much more flexible. Uh, and it sounds as though you had a little uh, indoctrination in, in early days of religion. What was your religion in the early days? Uh, Catholic. Catholic. Oh, all right. 12 years of Catholic school. <laughs> you, you went to Catholic school? 12 years. All yeah. girl all girl Catholic school? Um, just high school. So high school so it was inter, so it was boy girl and then high school was all girl. All right. Well. Yeah. I hey, Catholic education at least in California and the in the Bay Area was considered the best. You want yeah. to you want a good education, you go to the Catholic school. You yeah, want, it was when I was it was considered that too when I was growing up. Yeah. Well, it's certainly you've written you wrote a book. Talk talk about your book before we complete. I want to give you I'd like to hear about your book and how people can connect with you, uh, Lynn, and get closer to to the wisdom that you've certainly given us today. It's really uh, I've, I've filled my journal up with all these wonderful thoughts. Um, my book is called My Journey to Grace. Uh, a couple years into practice and 
a couple, I had a few mission trips that I did too, adjusting people in Brazil and India. It just really opens me up to the energy of the body. And I went into a spiritual state for about 18 months that I call the grace state. And I believe this is the state that everyone is looking for. You know, we're all looking for the next big thing, but it's really to find that God source within. And that once I understood that, it, it everything became so clear. And I was so blissful, so happy. It, it, I describe it as it's like falling in love, but there's no other person involved. There's no reason. There's no rhyme or reason to be this happy, but you are. And you look at your problems and they're just laughable. And I realized that when we once enter this state, that's where you have true healing. That's where you, um, a lot of times, you have uh, miraculous healings happen in that state. Um, you really start to create your life from the inside out authentically, not because you're thinking you need more money to buy more material things or the bigger house or the next relationship, because it's coming from a place of authenticity, you know, that connected to the God source. And so I share my story, just how I learned to heal myself, all the stuff I went through. And the subtitle is just shattering mainstream illusions and creating your desired life. And um, because I believe a lot of the stuff that we're taught isn't necessarily true for everyone. So I think there's another way to be. So I, I think we, I love to hear other people's stories of empowerment. So that's why I decided to share mine. Well, that's wonderful. Well, thank you very much today, Dr. Lynn Carey, for sharing with us your your journeys and your and your wisdom with the Mindful You audience. It was very, very rich and very enjoyable and also very educational. So I appreciate all the things that you've done and I appreciate you sharing your life with, with us. Thank you very much. Thank you, Alan. Thank you so much. All right. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening. And please catch us on the next great episode of the Mindful You podcast. And please share us with your friends and fellow travelers on the path.